The Dave Chappelle Netflix Special. Mr. Reagan. All right, before we begin, I'd like to introduce you to a very special guest. This is the latest addition to the family. Aston. He is an adorable Bengal kitten. Um, I would like to introduce you to another slightly less special guest. Kurt Franklin, my best friend from Hawaii. Hello there. Say hi to Kurt. Aston. Hi, Aston. There you go. So what is up with Dave Chappelle's Netflix special? Every special he's done before this, rave reviews by the critics, everybody loved it. This one comes out, and actually when it first came out, it had only, only been reviewed by five critics in Hollywood, zero, a zero rating they gave it. Totally unwatchable garbage, apparently. Then the audience came along, and they all watched it, including myself. 99% positive. <laughs> Everybody loved it. It's like the best thing ever produced in the history of Netflix. Just absolutely hilariously funny. All right, now, Kurt, I'd like to talk to you for a moment about this product or service. Love to hear it. Nothing invokes full-scale panic like Wall Street panicking. Now, I'm not great at predicting the direction of the market. Some say will sustain the economic prosperity for a few more years, and some are less optimistic. Either way, sooner or later, there will be a downturn. According to the people at Noble Gold, quietly, secretly, as you watch this, within full view of the markets, panicking is exactly what some U.S. corporate insiders are doing. They'll call it financial prepping, being cautious, protecting their assets, and all sorts of other fancy terms. But make no mistake, this is a controlled panic. CNN reported $600 million of stock has been sold each day in August. This only happened previously before the 2008 crash. Insider selling has topped $10 billion for five months straight. Meanwhile, gold is rocketing, and demand is at a three-year high, according to the World Gold Council. The rise in the price of gold and silver shows no sign of slowing down anytime soon, and investors seeking shelter for the stocks cashed in are piling into precious metals, which have risen 32% since August last year. Precious metals, gold, and silver as an IRA or 401k rollover will keep you safe and help you ride out this lasting storm, as they have always done. But you have to act fast. Call Noble Gold right now at 877-646-5347 and ask them to help you move your money to safety. Or you can hit the link below and someone will contact you and will get you the free gold and silver investment guide that has been downloaded over 50,000 times. Call 877-646-5347 or hit the link below and get the free guide. So, Kurt, what do you think of that product and or service? That product and or service looked amazing. I intend to use, buy, or otherwise ingest that any moment now. Ingest it? Ingest it. <laughs> it's interesting. Choice of words? Um, okay, so anyway... Apologize for that. People complain a lot that I have to do these ads, mm -hmm. but it's the only way I can keep doing this as a job. I mean, it's the only way I'm going to keep getting videos out. Do people complain about the ads? Sometimes. Really? Yeah. But, you know, I, I cannot... capitalism, hippie scum. <laughs> um, okay, You're so... Sure, you sure said it, Mr. Reagan. I, I certainly did. Uh, let's see. So who got it wrong? So who got it wrong? Yeah. I mean, the question really isn't... Did the critics get it wrong? Of course the critics got, has got it wrong. But the question really is, did the critics get it wrong or did Rotten Tomatoes sort of collate the responses that they wanted to get the zero rating? Because it only been reviewed by five. Do you think five critics have reviewed this special? No, it's, I'm almost for sure way, way more. 
Uh, now I think it's up to, let's see, 16 critics and 31%. Uh, and I can only find two critics that gave it a remotely positive rating here. But the weird thing is, if you look back to other things that he's done uh, outside of the show, obviously the Dave Chappelle show, uh, it's, a, it's a much different picture. Uh, if we go back to Dave Chappelle's Block Party, which wasn't purely a comedy thing. It was like a music, it was a party, kind of. Um, 74% audience rating, so not that hot, but 92% critics rating out of 125 critical reviews. So they loved him back then. And I didn't see it. You saw it. You said it was kind of, meh. I was terrible. It was terrible. I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, 100,000 audience uh, members gave it uh, 74%, which isn't bad, but isn't great. Um, Nothing like 99% positive. I mean, that's crazy. Um, But if you haven't seen the new Dave Chappelle Sticks and Stones on Netflix, I implore you to watch this comedy special it's hilarious mm-hmm. uh do not let your children watch it <laughs> probably <laughs> maybe not. Probably put the kids to bed first yeah. but yeah so so what changed between block party and this what changed well i think it's pretty obvious that this particular netflix special did not tow the left-wing party line mm-hmm. uh or the 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 democrat agenda or the sjw agenda you might say um, absolutely there were, there were some pretty politically incorrect jokes. Probably the most egregious was his Asian joke. He has an Asian joke in there. It's a pretty hardcore Asian joke. Uh, let us defer to the token Asian in the room, <laughs> Kurt Franklin. Uh, what, what did you think of this horrifically offensive joke? Well, the funny thing about the joke was he does a very, very, like, animated impression of like a, he says she's specifically Chinese and he's like I'm Chinese and he like yeah. sticks his teeth out and like yeah. I don't even know if I can if I attempt it but he's like he's oh, a big smile. I'm Chinese yeah. you know like yeah. really really <laughs> leans into it and the audience is like they're fine with it you know it's like Steve Chappelle yeah. he's going somewhere with this yeah there's an Asian guy in the audience that is just dying the Asian the guy time. they showed yeah. off on the side there was was like very <laughs> he was obviously a big fan. He liked a lot he of what was said. Fan, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the joke was actually about being transsexual. I didn't come up with this idea on my own. This idea that a person can be born in the wrong body, but they have to admit that's a hilarious predicament. <laughs> if it happened to me, you'd laugh, wouldn't you? What if, what if I was what if I was Chinese, but but born in this body? That's not funny. <laughs> and for the rest of my life, I had to go around making that face. Hey, everybody, I'm Chinese! And everyone get mad. Stop making that face. That's offensive. What? This is how I feel inside. That's actually a brilliant joke because he's comparing sort of like if he was Chinese in his body. So if he was Chinese stuck in a black man's body, like that's funny. Yeah. So so why is it not funny? It's objectively funny. Yeah. For, for uh, transsexuals, a woman trapped in a man. Transsexuals right. are objectively funny, therefore right. they should be made jokes about. It's just right. like transsexuality is funny, much like transracialism would be funny. Yeah, if that and and there they were kind of getting to the heart of how you could only let five critics review something and give zero percent with the audience is nine percent because he made fun of a trans person. Right, right. He's Hitler. He addresses it in the in the special. He talks mm-hmm. about how. The audience is against them. They'll try to find any little thing to ruin his career. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're famous, any kind of famous, not not just 
and he's talking about Kevin Hart. Yes. How they screwed him up over. Uh, but the truth is, it isn't the audience, really. I mean, yep. he's saying it's the audience. That's his way of being PC, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the audience. It's Hollywood. It's like the Hollywood executives. It's the critics. It's the, it's the whole... It's you what know, you refer to as the thought police. The thought police. It's the people yeah. that, uh, that, for whatever reason, feel like they are the ones that get to censor. And to not only censor, but to control the narrative like is done in like, the news media. It's just sort of, we're going to paint this picture of reality. We're going to choose who the good guys and the bad guys are, and we're going to choose the language that you can use. It's like, it's really got, well, we all know it's how extreme it's got. It's mental. It's mental. And if you're a comedian, which is, like you said, has been discussed by Seinfeld and others, if you're a comedian, it's just like, well, then how do you joke? Right. How do you uh, even attempt for a tone of levity when all these issues must be very taken, ser- taken very seriously, and you have to be very careful about your speech? Even, even, when, even when you're telling a joke that's been rehearsed or been written in advance, a lot of that has to at least feel or seem spontaneous. Yeah. And forget about spontaneity when you've like, you know, when the your language issue, The is, big issue, I think, is that he, and he talks about this, he talks about how he has been lambasted because he talks about gays, lesbians, bisexuals. He calls them the L's, the B's, the G's, and the T's. Or no, L's, the G's, the B's, and the T's. Mm. Calls them like, it's, it's really a funny, you got to see this special. Mm. Hopefully we don't ruin anything in it for you, but uh, watch it before you watch this, maybe. He calls it Sticks and Stones, which is a thinly veiled reference to free speech advocacy, really. Mm. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but names will never hurt me, right? That's the... The old saying. Is it names? I thought it was words. Maybe it is names. Well, it has the same idea behind it. Words will never hurt me. Names will never hurt me. I, I heard names growing up. Could be mm-hmm. words. I'm sure you heard a lot of names growing up. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I, I was not particularly liked as a child. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. So let me go through some of these reviews by these critics, so-called. This is Anna Georgis or Georgis something. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce her name. But she clearly thinks that she is one of the thought police people. She says, uh, Sticks and Stones registers as a temper tantrum, the product of a man who wants, wants it all, money, fame, influence, without much having to answer to anyone. Without much having to answer to anyone. I don't quite understand what she's saying, but he's already got money, fame, and influence. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. He's got it, mm-hmm. and he's doing a Netflix special just for like an extra million or whatever right. he's getting. Right. He doesn't need any of that stuff. Well, and what I... He gave uh, up his fame. He gave up his fame. In his yeah, he, after the Chappelle show, he yeah. walked away and did he walked away from everything. things. And he just sort of like... And this woman's just saying negative stuff to be nasty. Yes. Well, he doesn't need... Well, at this point, he doesn't need money. And, I don't, and he obviously isn't thirsty for fame because he has walked away from that already. Yeah. yeah. I think what happens is Dave Chappelle finds himself with a shoebox full of jokes that he thinks are really good. Mm. He's like, oh, I got another really good set. And so he's like, hmm, what am I going to do with this? I go on the road, or I can just do one show, call Netflix and make a million dollars. He's like, hey, you guys, I got another set. Yeah, you want to do that? Okay. And then million bucks, one phone call. You sure. know? So I think that's what's happening there. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with wanting to be heard, especially yeah. if you're a, a comedian. I mean, you're... It'll be interesting to see uh, what Chappelle's next special will be because I don't feel like 
he'll stop doing that. You think he's going to get another one? <laughs> well, he's he's going to he's going to continue to perform because I think Netflix kind of buried this after the scandal. It'll be interesting to see because obviously the public likes it. Yeah, I love it. So I thought it was hilarious. So this this is this is a bit of a test. It's like yeah. okay, if there's something that the public likes that doesn't fit the Hollywood potential narrative. to make money, people want it. But if it's this successful, typically yeah. that's all it takes. Right. But we've we've seen in the past that yeah. you know people with a with a with a uh, political agenda will be willing to leave money on the table. Yeah. But somebody somebody is going to yeah. try to make a profit off of this. Dave Chappelle might even just go the way of. Uh, Musical artists who've done records and things uh, who will just just put out his own stuff, just put it out on his and own say, website. "Hey, you want to throw me a couple bucks? Like give <laughs> give to give to pay, him." Pay, pay, like, our, uh, Patreon, yeah. yeah. Much like you re- rely on your public to some degree, yeah. Like for he could sure. he could go all in on that, and like we said, he's not hurting for money, so he should do very well and just cut out the the people who don't who who want to silence him. That they literally, that literally don't want his stuff to get out there. It's like, fine, I'll keep a lot of money for myself. Maybe I'll make less. Maybe I'll make more. Yeah. But you're not getting any of it. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I think that's the way it should go. And I mean, it's very Unfortunately, ironic. Unfortunately, these 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 particular outlets, these distribution networks like Netflix, are so powerful that it's really difficult to get an audience that big in any other way or make as much money in any other way. Ah, put it on your own website. Uh, this woman, Melanie McFarlane from Salon.com, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure a, a, va- a very charming magazine, writes, Sticks and Stones exists as a defiant design. Wait. A defiant design? That's a weird. That's, these, these people write so weirdly. Sticks and Stones exists as a defiant design to intentionally offend large swaths of the audience Chappelle deems too thin-skinned and easily outraged while serving up simple, low-bar yucks to anyone yearning for validation of their anti-PC stance. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's my impression of her. Mm. If you think that, that this was in some way... Are used by anybody but like millennial white women? Is that huh? who, Salon? Who, who's doing these reviews? Yeah, I don't know. It's really irre- irrelevant. They're all idiots. Well, there, were, there was a pretty good mix of people in the... Uh, in the auditorium in Atlanta there, and they seem to be having a pretty good time. Yeah, not, not only that, but, and it wasn't canned laughs. No. That, and that wasn't like a paid audience as far as I could see. No, because they, you could, they had reactions to... Yeah, it was yeah very, they were loving yeah. that. That was not fake. This woman, Inku Kang, she writes, like dropping in on a rascally uncle who doesn't know or doesn't care how much he's disappointing you. Huh. <laughs> I, I hate her, and I don't know her, but I, I already hate her. This guy, Roger Moore, not the one that we know, but another guy, from something called Movie Nation, writes, You've got our attention, pal. You just haven't delivered the funny. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's so off base. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously he has delivered the funny. It's obviously hilarious. Everybody who's watched it loves it. 99% positive rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see the audience reviews. Let's see what they have to say about this. Let's just read the first one, randomly. The first one. Raphael R. Dave is a comedic genius. I've been watching his boundary-pushing skits stand-up in movies since I was a kid. This special is Dave going back to the comedy well and bringing a bucket full of fresh, cool comedy water. I agree with you, Raphael R. Ryan O. writes, goes where everyone else is too scared to go. Brilliant. Uh, Fatima A. writes, I know somebody named Fatima. 
It's a Russian name, I think. Dave Chappelle did a great job. Hasn't lost lost his touch, but some people are offended really easily, I guess. Mm-hmm. True. Bars W writes, Dave Chappelle at his absolute best, funnier than hell. And hell is pretty damn funny. <laughs> did he write that? No, I just... Oh. I, I, that was my little commentary at the end. That was good. Uh, Ari S. writes, great comedy special. Rick J., best Dave yet. Vicky V., five stars, five stars. I mean, it's just five stars all the way down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, come on. Everybody loves this. Now, I'm going to do another video on a, on a movie on Netflix called... American Factory. Now, I know you've all heard of it. No, nobody's heard of it. You know why? Because it's terrible. (laughs) And I'm not going to give away any of the details of my future uh, episode because I want you all to watch that. But this is a documentary that was produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. They signed this multi-million dollar picture deal with Netflix to produce all these, I think, various projects like documentaries, feature films, and... uh, TV shows or something like that. I can't remember exactly what all the different products are, but they've they've signed a deal to produce all this stuff. Now, this is obviously a deal because Netflix is a leftist group and they, they want to hobnob with the Obamas and stuff like that. But even more striking, uh, one of the people who is now sitting, I think they're sitting on the board of directors. I'm not exactly sure what her position is, but her name is Susan Rice. She was national security advisor under Barack Obama. So she, I think, probably facilitated this mm. thing, mm. this deal with the Obamas. <laughs> the problem is they're not filmmakers. They're, they, they don't know what they're doing. Right? But let me go ahead and, let me go ahead and uh, look at the reviews for this. This movie on Netflix, which I will, I will review later, 97% positive critical review. Totally accurate, I'm sure. Audience score? Now, here's the funny thing about this. Okay, 85%. So you think, oh, well, maybe it is a good movie. But how many people have watched it? It says here, it says here that this is based on a user rating. Now, now remember, for the Dave Chappelle stuff, just for this most recent Sticks and Stones, the 99% we have for Sticks and Stones, 35,000 reviews, right, for the Sticks and Stones. For this movie, American Factory, this 85% audience score is based on 108 reviews. But more importantly, I went actually through all of, the, all of the audience reviews. I went through every single one. I counted them. 30. This number 108 is bullcrap. There are 30. It, okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's 108 without commentary, like without comment, just clicked mm-hmm. you know, their, their rating or whatever without having actually reviewed the film or wrote anything. anything. But there's only 30 written reviews. Mm-hmm. 30. Do you think only? And there's 63 critics they're, they're counting thir- 63 critics, and they're only counting 30 audience members. There's oh. more critics on here reviewing the movie than audience members. So either 108 people saw the movie <laughs> and, and wrote something or, or rated it on Rotten Tomatoes, or this is total BS. Yeah. 63 critics. So how many of these critics actually watched it? They just gave it a stamp. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. they... That they probably just... started watching it like, this is the most boring crap I've ever seen. They probably watched 10 minutes of it. And then they watched Chappelle and laughed, and then they yeah. submitted their review, and it didn't make it because only 13 or something made it. It's unbelievable, actually. There's... And, and I don't mean unbelievable as hyperbole. It's literally unbelievable. There's no way that there's only 108 audience review scores for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's obvious that Rotten Tomatoes has deleted a lot yeah, the of the reviews. Yeah, the fix is it's in. It's an excellent comparison between this and the Chappelle thing because how many people even know about the Obama thing? I didn't know about it. No, 
No, and, and and I'll give I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Netflix and to Rotten Tomatoes and say, well, probably only people who who had heard that Ob- the Obamas were doing a documentary s- sought out this documentary and watched it. So maybe it is fairly low numbers. But I do remember seeing it as being promoted on Netflix, the front page of Netflix, when I would click onto Netflix. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember like, what what is this? And then later I was like seeking it out because this is what I do for a job and I found it and I watched it. When you sought it out again, was it on the front dashboard or was it sort of... Was it still uh, being promoted? No, I mean it stayed there for some time. Like Dave Chappelle was promoted on the front page too, but it went away real quick. Like I couldn't find it. Like this time when we were try- I was trying to get you to watch, I couldn't find it. Uh, but American Factory was well um, promoted on Netflix. So it had to have been seen by thousands and thousands of people. And I'm sure lots of them went on to Rotten Tomatoes. And then Rotten Tomatoes went in and just deleted reviews, clearly. And they've said that they've done this before. And the reason, the excuse that they've given in the past is, well, we think that a lot of these reviews are fake. We think a lot of these people haven't actually seen the, the, the show. Well, how the hell do you know if they've watched it or not? Like, how do you know? You don't know. You just, I'm actually going to go in here and write it. Terrible review. Controlling the narrative. Deleted. Yeah. But they don't know. Now, they're doing a thing now where they're going to have a verified, like you, you're supposed to like scan your ticket or something and then you can verify that you went to see the film. So I, I will ask everyone out there, if you see a movie and it has ridiculous left-wing SJW content, please certify your reviews on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Scan your ticket. Do whatever it is that the system wants you to do. Well, this is a do. separate thing entirely. They're holding the ability to give reviews on Rotten Tomatoes hostage because yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is owned by or deeply affiliated with Fandango. So they want, you, they want sales. Right. Just like, got to have your movie ticket. You know, gotta, it, might, it might even be a specific like Fandango or some sort of thing. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Scan your ticket. Do whatever they want you to do. Write your reviews. Get, you know, give them the SJW movies, you know, whatever it is, no stars or one star, however low that you can give it, if that's what you want to do. And give the conservative movies the five stars. And the funny thing about this Dave Chappelle special is I would say that, despite the fact that he's clearly pro-choice, you know, in this special, he makes that clear that he's pro-choice, even though he, he uses that as it's kind of a segue... He does that a few times. To, yeah. to, ...to make a kind of men's rights issues point. He makes a men's rights point through this pro-choice joke. He makes a joke about... He makes actually a very valid point that, that men shouldn't have to really pay child support if women get pregnant and decide to keep the child. It's, a, it's such mm. a brilliantly stated point. Well, the, the setup is great, too, because... Uh, well, you said it... I don't know if you said it in the video, but you said it during the thing. It's like, the point you didn't agree with was him saying men aren't allowed to talk about uh, issues like abortion because they're women's issues. Right. So men don't get a seat at that table. Which they I they don't, don't get a voice that, all, which you don't yeah. agree with. Uh, but then he contradicted himself uh, at that, that point by basically saying, like... I should be able to make gay jokes. I should be able to make gay jokes even though I'm not gay. Yeah. Which was just a minute earlier. But like you said... It, it, so he does contradict himself, but he does make up for it because then he's like... Yeah. It, it, the, the punchline, I'm going to ruin it for you, so watch the special. The punchline is uh, if women get to kill the, the babies, we should at least be able to go abandon them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which killed us both. We were both... Yeah, like, that was great. Yeah. That yeah. was great. 
Uh, what did he say? Uh, what did he say? Uh, my money, my choice. <laughs> my money, my choice. My money, my choice. That's right. Yeah, so he starts off where he looks like he's taking a very pro-choice uh, stance. And then he goes on to say, like, you know, men shouldn't, shouldn't uh, get to weigh in on the whole abortion thing. Right. And, of course, all the women. And some of the guys are kind of nodding along. And all the women are just like, yeah, you know, they get into it. Yeah. And, then, and then he, like, flips it. He's just like, oh, yeah, you, you agree with me? You like the stuff I have to say? You think everything I say is great? Well, men shouldn't have to pay for your kid if yes. you want to keep it so bad. And then, and then some of the women were laughing at us, and some of them were just like, ugh, just like, no. And I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, dial it back. So he has a kind of, um, it, it's funny, he's, got, he's definitely pro-choice in the, in the show, but he's got kind of a nuanced position. Mm-hmm. And he does make a lot of, he, he addresses a lot of issues that are, touchy that people would be sensitive about um, but it's funny everything he says is really very funny it was a great show yeah why did everybody hate this um, you know the critics in Hollywood this sort of thing uh, because it is arguably comedy from a right wing perspective that's a really weird thing to say about Dave Chappelle I don't think anybody would claim that he's a right winger or a conservative. It's, it's evidence of how far the, the, the line has been moved. Oh, yeah. It's, it's totally because liberal politics is so crazy now. So, so crazy So now. extreme yeah. that now the line, is, the line of normal is now far right. Yeah. 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 He's just looking at things from a rational perspective. Mm-hmm. He's not, and this, this is something I promote on the show all the time. Which is kind of the essence of comedy. Absolutely. Well, Take, Taking a perspective or, or, or that's sort of like... Or something totally absurd. Right. That's Sometimes, some, like the like the, the pedophilia stuff is obviously. But you have to know comedy. you have to know where the line of objectivity is, mm-hmm. because that's sort of like the baseline right, right, of the right. audience. Yeah. And yeah. I think the evidence here is that the baseline of objectivity, the like the common sense or lack thereof, of the reviewers, the like you know the the liberal ex- the left wing extremist people writing these like venomous reviews, that shows where they are, not yeah. the audience. That shows well, the also, but see, the thing is, two. he's not presenting this. He knows this performance is going to be seen by the same kind of SJWs mm-hmm. as our the critics are, you know, and that that's why I give him a lot of credit because he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to say what I want to say, and I don't care who's watching it and who he, thinks I'm he crazy. He had to know. He knows the yeah. climate. He had to know. He's that know that people are going to hate him. He was painting in fact, he a talks target about on this back. in the video, right? Mm-hmm. He says. You know, when he's talking about the LGBT stuff, he's like, look, this is why a lot of people hate me, because I talk about LGBT stuff. He's like, but it's funny. Like, what do you want? I can't make jokes about trans people. They're funny. Oh. Uh. Aww. <laughs> yes. This is how I feel on the inside. Yeah, he's just like, he did it like that. Yeah. And he accepts the trans thing. He says, okay, I'll accept that's real, but I still got to make jokes about it. And, uh, I mean, obviously on this show, I do not accept, tra- you know, transsexuality as real. I think it's just people with mental problems. But uh, he doesn't go quite that far. So he's no. not, I mean, maybe he doesn't believe that. Maybe he doesn't believe it's just a mental problem. I, I do. I tend to believe that. As do I. Uh, but, uh, but he, and maybe he does and he just doesn't want to talk about it. Because maybe, maybe that's a step too far for him even. Sure. Um, he can talk about how having your first sexual experience being sexually abused by Michael Jackson is cool, yeah. but, he won't, but he won't go so far as to say transsexuality is a mental illness. Yeah. No. No. And, uh, and the fact that Michael Jackson, according to Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin was not abused <laughs> by Michael Jackson 
And therefore, that that proves that, that Michael Jackson could not have abused any child. Yeah, yeah, be, because yeah. because of how attractive Macaulay Culkin was. <laughs> he's like, even to he's, Dave Chappelle, a non molester, a non a, yeah, non pedophile. He's like, I'm not a pedophile, but if I was, <laughs> he's like, he'd be the first one. Oh wow, oh, it's too. Funny, and that man. kid's hard to catch. <laughs> <laughs> That was one. That was one of the big laughs. That was a really good Home Alone. Yeah, the kids Home Alone. It's a disturbing special in some ways, but it's absolute comedy genius. The guy's brilliant. I mean, Uh, you could you could say that joke is lowbrow or whatever. I mean, I it's it's. I mean, mean, it's it's not a fart joke. It's not a fart joke. Fart jokes to me are lowbrow. Poop jokes are lowbrow, and I've told them. Okay, I've told penis jokes, Mm. right? Um, he, he's talking about subjects that have to do with sexuality, mm. have to, but they're social issues, right? Abuse, uh, uh, you know, political stuff. I mean, they're smart jokes. Just because they touch on tricky subjects mm. that are edgy, maybe that doesn't mean they're lowbrow mm. in any way. Well, I mean, it's I like think. I don't think so much hypocrisy because they're always going on in like the entertainment community about censorship, right? No, no censorship. No censorship. Well, they no censorship. have for years. They don't tend to talk about that anymore. They're not talking about it anymore because now they're they're doing it. But I mean, it used to be, and for the longest time, it was like don't censor art. But now it's like all the censorship is coming from the left. Yeah. It's just like you're, and and it's a different kind of censorship. They're not saying, so someone like Dave Chappelle, they're not saying he shouldn't be allowed to say this, that, or the other. What they're saying instead of this this type of censorship they're doing now is they're basically saying this isn't any good. This is bad art. Right. Therefore, nothing to see right. here. Right. Don't right. like Dave. Dave Chappelle it, which is, a lie. is not a good comedian anymore. Which is a lie. Which is an app. Which is a complete. Instead yeah, of saying you're not allowed to talk about this stuff, they're saying not funny, Dave. Yeah. When it is, absolutely is funny, and it may not even be that. Like it's. Like, I'm offended that they don't think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm portray- I think they I'm need to apologize it. to me for not finding. Yeah, that I'm funny. kind of portraying it as like they're being disingenuous, yeah. but. It's just it's it's believable, like you say, that they just don't find it funny because they have no sense of humor. They're like, "Oh, did he make fun of a trans person? That's not funny." No. Well, it can be funny. Yeah, it can be. I think they come at it from the yeah. point of view of like, um, like a nun from the 19th century, mm. you know, hearing the word penis, right? Um, just absolutely appalled. Rush Limbaugh is a fan of saying they're clutching their pearls. They're clutching their pearls is what they're freaking doing. They're, they're like old-timey people Ooh, from ancient history. Yeah, yeah. And look, I prefer the old-timey people from ancient history because I like a little bit of uh, propriety. I like propriety. I like there's a sort of Victorian ideal of sort of covering up and, and like everything having a, an air of mystery to it because, you know, we don't, just don't reveal everything all the time. I mean, we live in an era, an era when there isn't really much censorship of anything ever. Mm. So I like the idea of a little bit of covering up and stuff like this and a little bit of propriety. But this is propriety for the wrong reasons. This is just, this is just the left-wing agenda. Mm. Th- th- this, is, this is a pretense of propriety. This is like, you're not saying the proper thing, Dave, when really it's just like, no, you don't have the right politics. Right. You don't agree with me politically, and therefore... Right. You're a bad person. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all. It, it's born out of a rejection for uh, all traditional values. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, oh, you guys like this, well, we like that. You guys like this, we like that. It's all. It's all sort of like. You guys are pro-American. Stuff. Well, we're anti-American. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where it comes from. But it's it's funny because it they sort of do all of the things that 
they accuse their opponents of doing, right. even when right. their opponents aren't yeah. doing it. No, you're right. You're right. And they're and obviously you doing And you mentioned it. that this is yeah. actually a tactic of someone? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the rules for radicals idea. I don't actually know if it is in there, but everybody uh, everybody claims that it's a Saul Alinsky tactic. Well, you see it all the time in politics, but I mean, it's in... It's in media. It's in the entertainment industry as well, obviously, because now it's like censor them, censor right, them. Right, they, right. they don't. They're not saying the right things. It's like, what? Wait, isn't that for the audience to decide? Yeah, yeah. And the audience has decided. Okay, so of so we both agree that the Dave Chappelle special was awesome. It's great, genius. Uh, we both agree that everybody out there should see it. Don't take your kids. <laughs> no. Or make sure your kids are in bed. You can show somebody else's kids. Yeah, you could bring the other the neighbor kids over. And we also agree that Hollywood is trying to censor this and try to get people not to... Because this, to me, is crazy. It's one thing to censor YouTubers like me. It's another thing to, to censor people like Dave Chappelle, try to hide their stuff. I mean, this is getting to a point where it's, it's almost criminal because there's a lot of people invested money in that special. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we agree on all that. Let's shift gears. Did you watch the Democrat debate last night? I watched some of it because my mother was watching it and I got a bit of it in the background. I, we were on a we're on a vacation. I don't live with my mother, by the way. But uh, yeah, I did not engage in a conversation. I did make a, I did overhear a few things, and I made a few cons, uh, comments about what I heard, which I will not repeat here for you. But uh, but yeah, it was. I, I wouldn't have watched it. No, I I heard that it was on yesterday. I didn't know it was on. I didn't know it was on until the day of the debate, mm-hmm. and I made a conscious choice not to watch it because I knew it would be the most boring thing I've ever seen. And so I, I consciously was, I was like, okay, tomorrow they'll have some commentary on this, and I'll figure it out then. The highlight of the debate, apparently, was Julian Castro chastising Joe Biden for saying something that he apparently never actually said in a really bullying manner. And it's something that Kamala Harris had tried in a previous debate with some success. So I think, I think Julian Castro was trying to mimic what happened with Kamala, but everybody's just like, you just look like an a-hole. Like, I think he kind of, he may have ended his candidacy last night in that moment, moment, trying to do that. Did you see that at all? No, I heard about it. Um, Do do you, uh, I know you watch uh, the the highlights of the debates, and you do that for your channel and everything, but I mean... I usually watch the full debate, but I was just so... I was like, this is going to be boring. <laughs> There's we, nothing's going to happen. We made a point to watch the first couple, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're going to edit this out, but as far as I'm concerned, these debates don't matter. No, they don't matter. I'm not going to edit that out. Why would I edit that <laughs> out? Well, I mean, people might disagree. I don't know. Well, that's know. the reason but, I made such a conscious effort to watch the first ones and then didn't care later. Because the first ones, I, we, everybody wanted to get to know the candidates. And I, I already had gotten to know them. I'd done a little thing on my channel. Yes. Uh, but I wanted to see how the, the things would play out during the debates. And it was so disappointing. Mm. And it only got more disappointing with every debate. This time I was just like, you know what, I, I don't even have time for this. I'm doing the cartoon. Like, I don't, I'm bored. Like, mm. this, like, this bores me. I'm not even interested. And I was just like, who watched this? Did anybody even watch it? But you said your mom did, which I think I found quite surprising. I looked up the number, 14 million viewers. That was a pretty high number for that debate. I mean, that's pretty crazy high. In an era of things to watch on demand, it's mind-boggling that people would actually choose Anyone would watch that. that. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling that this debate will actually mess it up for future, for the rest of the, the campaign season, until we get like so? much, much tighter, until there's like only two or three candidates left. Oh, like this will be the peak because until it, was it gets just so boring. really deep? Oh, okay. I think it was such a bad debate. Like, 
Um, who, who's the who's the gay mayor? Buttigieg. Buttigieg was so scripted. Mm. Like he's trying to be Obama. Like Obama's a very scripted guy, mm-hmm. and uh, Trump is a very unscripted guy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he he obviously goes off the of script, but he can he can go off script if he wants to, right? Um, that's much harder for somebody who is a scripted person. So somebody like Obama or somebody like Buttigieg, they have a much harder time actually getting off the script and just shooting from the hip. Joe Biden does that a lot, but he doesn't do it that well. <laughs> it doesn't seem to me like many of the other candidates can even do it at all. Hmm. Beto O'Rourke said that he wanted to confiscate everyone's guns. Like I always say, like, oh, they want to take our guns, they want to take our guns. Democrats are like, we're, they, we don't want to actually take your guns. Come on, we're not going to take your guns, right? Beto was like, we are totally going to take your guns. Like He was like, I don't even care. Which I think he thought of as like a very bold, progressive thing to say. But it was just stupid. I mean, it was like, God, can you say something bold? And, and that's what I think they have to do. Because they shifted so far left that now the only way they can sound bold is by saying completely insane things. Mm. And so... It's boring. The only exciting moments are when people mess up or just say something stupid like that. And so these are the highlights. I mean, it's, it's like I kind of don't want Biden to get the nomination because Trump is going to destroy him so easily. Like I want to see something interesting happen during the general election. So I would love to see somebody else get it. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris would be great. She would be fun. Um, I mean, I like Tulsi. Is it Kamala? Tulsi... Yeah, I say Kamala. Do you oh. say Kamala? Yeah. I, I don't know what, what it's... Neither do I. <laughs> does does Share it Share it in the comments with us. Which one of us is an idiot? Yeah, is it Kamala or Kamala? The great yeah. Kamala Reagan, debate. Mr. both of us. Yeah. Oh, I want to go through some of the most unpopular positions <laughs> that the Democrats hold currently. NPR did an article on this. One of the most... Um, unpopular ideas that the candidates have is the universal basic income. Everybody gets $1,000 a month. Uh, poor Wang. I know. That's Andrew, Wang's number one thing. <laughs> Yang. I believe it's Wang. <laughs> I believe it's Wang. <laughs> Leave it to the Asian guy to ridicule other Asians. I guess it's Yang. I know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, providing reparations for slavery, 27% approval. 27% people, of people think that's a good idea. But, Chris, you have to remember, that's Rotten Tomatoes that gave that statistic. So. I, yeah, I know. It might have been. It's probably more like 99%. Seriously, America, 27% of you think we should give reparations for slavery? Are you... 27% of the voting public should be banned from elections, obviously. obviously. Can we go back to a system where you can only vote if you're a landowner? Please... I mean, for crying out loud. And it's got to be like at least a f- square foot. <laughs> I don't want to see any I don't want to see any square inches, yeah. Yeah, cuz think about it, you could just start selling square inches for votes. Ah, uh, uh, sure, square sure. centimeters something like that. Uh, de- decriminalization of illegal border crossings. Also 27%. Who is this 27% of America who are clearly morons? The don't universal you- basic income has 27% too. Uh, health insurance for immigrants in the, the U.S. illegally. Health care for e- illegal immigrants. Health insurance. 33% to... Uh, Even higher. 33% like it. That's mental. Abolishing the death penalty. 36%. I, I don't mind abolishing the death penalty. I'm actually going to do a video on this. 
Um, my proposal is um, that we do abolish death penalty. Nobody is killed in America for any crimes whatsoever. But instead, we instate something called dungeons. <laughs> okay, so we take away we take away the death penalty, capital punishment, but we instate the most brutal treatment of prisoners possible. They gotta live with like rats and stuff, like absolute filth conditions. Just like you, you are going to endure a living hell for raping this child. Eh. It's better than the death penalty. What if it was Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> that joke doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the child is, Kurt. Okay, now you cut to him going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do that. Okay, Medicare for all as a replacement to the current health care system. Uh, that's actually 41%. It's actually pretty high because people are insane and they think... Socialized medicine. Football they think socialized free stuff medicine. is cool. And again, they don't say socialized medicine. They say Medicare for all. Yeah, Medicare for all. Well, I, I mean, none of the candidates broke out. None of them did anything that, like made them seem special. So it's the status quo right now. Biden's still ahead. You know, people still like Kamala. People still like Elizabeth Warren. She's still right up Well, there. I wonder, too, because AOC and the squad, um, and Hillary realized this, too, when she was running against Trump. It was like the less people saw of them, the more they liked them. Right. The more they saw of Hillary, the less they liked her. So she just kind of went dark. I mean, she was, I, I think she was like collapsing and stuff also. Like she was, in poor, yeah. she was in poor health, but she just sort of disappeared. She wasn't doing a lot of campaigning or anything. She was sort of like, well, the, the less they see me, the more they like me. It's the same thing with the squad. I wonder if it's the same thing with these candidates they have now. Yeah, where maybe. no news yeah. is good news. We're just yeah. sort of like, well, they know my name. All I can do is say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and piss people off. So I'll just like... Exit stay under the radar. You know? Yeah, maybe. I think that's a bad strategy. But um, what do you think of? Did you see the Felicity Huffman ruling today? <clears throat> mm. Well, She's when you say, when you say Felicity, time? I think of Carrie Russell, which makes me happy. <laughs> so you're just happy about everything. You just hear. Okay. Well, Felicity Huffman was given two weeks prison time for the uh, college admissions scandal, where that's she right, paid. I did see this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, do you think she should have got prison time? 14 days? Yeah. 14 days in prison? That's like the equivalent of, okay, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. That's <laughs> like, four, two weeks? Well, here's, here, here's my what point. What prison is B she going to? B Biden said something interesting during the debate. He yeah. said, uh, no one should ever go to prison for a nonviolent crime. <laughs> Which is one of those, like, you know, obviously ridiculous statements that they make in order so to it's seem... The so it's like, no prison time for, like, drug offenders and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. But obviously that is moronic. There's some really horrible crimes. You think that, that was a direct reference to Felicity Huffman? No, but I think it's funny that that happened like the next day. Sure, um, sure, because sure. I actually think with something like this, prison time is kind of harsh. Now, there's an argument to, to be said that, okay, well, if you're so rich that a, that a financial penalty won't be effective, then prison time will be an effective deterrent. Mm -hmm. um, so, but here's, here's my, my take on this. Everybody knows that they like to hold up celebrities as examples. So to me, this only is effective if they give the same kind of punishment to everyone who was involved in this, like mm -hmm. every parent who, who tried to use the... Now, like to me, the, the real criminal was the guy who did, you know, facilitated everything. Mm -hmm. 
Hoffman was just a willing participant. So to me, it, she didn't commit that bad of a crime. She just went like, oh, you want to do this sneaky thing? Okay, yeah, we'll pay you to do that. Sure. Um, I don't think that's that bad of a thing to do. You know what? Do you know what happened to William H. Macy, the husband? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because he wasn't involved in this. I'm sure he was, but I don't know why. For some reason, he didn't get... It was just Felicity Huffman. Maybe she was the one that was negotiating the deal with the guy or something. I don't know. But I can't imagine William H. Macy who did, had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they, they're not going after him. Or the other woman's husband. I don't think she's, he's involved either. All right. I was just curious. If... Yeah. yeah. Male privilege. <laughs> Male privilege. <laughs> um, okay, so here's another funny story. There's a Trump hotel in Scotland that some military personnel recently stayed at, mm-hmm. right, as part of, I don't know, for whatever reason, they were being stationed in Scotland. They had to be in Scotland. And they all stayed at this Trump hotel. Mm-hmm. So the left all lost their minds. They basically said, like, this is, this is corruption. This is corruption of the highest order. This is, this is very obviously, like, Trump's a horrible person and he needs to be prosecuted and all this kind of stuff. As it turns out, as it turns out, military personnel have been staying at this particular hotel since the Obama administration. This is just a place that happens to be convenient. Trump gets into this interview and he goes, what are you talking about? A few guys stayed at one of my hotels. Like, what, what, do I need the money? Like, like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to have somebody take a room overnight at a hotel. Like, this is not something I set up. Like, I'm, like, I'm, it's fine. Like, they can stay at my hotel. Yes. They, they can stay somewhere else. I'm fine. I allocate more funds for weapons. They stay more hotels. Yeah, it's I, know. Crime. I, I know. It's like, it's because I, I gave more money to the military. More it's military a quid pro quo here. Yeah. No, there's no undue influence. I mean, that's the whole point, right? The whole point of, you're not allowed, the emoluments clause, right? That's what they keep bringing up. The whole point of this emoluments clause is to say, well, you don't want this undue influence. I'm pretty sure that those military personnel weren't in the White House the next day going, all right, Trump, we stayed at your hotel. Now, what are you going to do for us? (laughs) I mean, it really is glorious because they don't. They don't realize how petty and crazy they look to normal people. Well, you you would not believe how corrupt Nancy Pelosi is and how much... I'm going to do a whole video on this. How much money she has made from her position. Oh, yeah. And how much undue influence people have. And you know she knows darn well all the nuances of these laws because... She knows what laws she's, she's breaking. She's been breaking them, yeah. She's got to be very careful about all the crooked things that she yeah. does. I and mean, then Trump's just like, I didn't know that was a thing. My main problem with, uh, with the left is the hypocrisy. Yeah. The, complete the, hypocrisy, complete double hypocrisy. standards. All right, Kurt. Well, hopefully uh, the next time we have you on the show, it'll be being broadcast from Hawaii. Because I'm sure. going to try to visit you, uh, I think, in November or something like that. That's right. I've never That's had right. a huge interest in Hawaii, but... You know, my best friend lives there, so not, not, not a bad idea to go visit, uh, but the girlfriend wants to see it, so mm-hmm. I'm going to head over there. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for vis- visiting. Thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for sitting through the Dave Chappelle special, which, by the way, I think you enjoyed. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't too much of a torture. No, not at all. Uh, we like having you on whenever we can. We being me and my cat, Aston. Yes. And thank <laughs> you to the audience for enduring my presence. I hope I might wind up with a... With a thirty uh, percent positive myself, we'll see. Thirty percent yeah. positive depends on who's doing the yeah. If Rotten Tomatoes is doing the polling, all right, that's it for me. Uh, just remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant; it's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. You say good night. <laughs> he hates it when I get the last word. I'm just gonna... <laughs> uh, whatever. All right. 
くない。